Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Baylor Scott & White Sports Performance Center, Athletes Made Here. The Sports Performance Center was developed with one goal in mind, to maximize human performance through movement and recovery. Their team of expert performance sports coaches and trainers will guide you to achieve your performance goals. That's the Baylor Scott & White Sports Performance Center, located at the Star in Frisco. This episode is also brought to you by Allen Dental Studio, located off Bethany drive in Allen. Their office was designed with you, the patient, in mind, which means an excellent and enjoyable experience. From cosmetics to implants, you deserve a perfect smile, and Allen Dental Studio can make that happen. Also, don't want to leave out another longtime friend of the podcast, Texan Senior Residential Care Homes. With locations in Carrollton and Dallas, Texan Senior Residential Care Homes offers an affordable, high-quality alternative to senior living. Call now at 469-400-7650. That's Texen, spelled T-E-X-S-E-N, Texen Senior Residential Care Homes. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch, being joined by Brian Murphy and Devin Hassan. Uh, gentlemen, it is Thursday, and uh, let's talk some high school football. We are down to, I guess, at most two more games in our coverage area for the season, which means we are guaranteed one more at least. So let's um, so let's talk about that game. Saturday, 2 o'clock, Eagle Stadium in Allen, the last team that we have standing in our coverage area. Frisco Lone Star, the number one ranked team in Class 5A Division One. They continue their playoff run as they are now down to the penultimate round of the postseason and standing in their path is big, mighty Dent Ryan. Dent Ryan, this one is a yeah, Saturday 2 o'clock at Allen Eagle Stadium, the Class 5A Division One State Semifinals, a really worthy semifinal. I mean, it'd be one thing if you had, you know, a team that came out of Region 1 or Region 2 that just kind of got hot at the right time and maybe upset a team or two along the way. But no, you've got, you have the number one ranked team in the state going up against, what, number three? I mean, it is it is absolutely a heavyweight matchup in the truest sense. Two teams with very, very just stout credentialed resumes. And yeah, man, it should make for a fun one Saturday afternoon out in Allen. So uh, what I mean, just so yeah, when you guys look at this matchup, I mean, what, what is the first thing that jumps to mind as far as what intrigues you about this uh, this matchup Saturday at Allen? I mean, this could easily be the state, the real state championship match right here. I mean, these are the two best teams, I think, you know, left standing. I think these are the two best teams in 5A Division One period um, heading into the playoffs. Um, you know, Den Ryan, I mean, I said it on, on Monday's podcast, who have they played? <laughs> I mean, yeah, of course they've been blowing out everyone. I'm not questioning that they're not good. Obviously, I just said they're, they're one of the two best teams, in my mm-hmm. opinion, in all 5A. But who have they played? You know, look, you look at Lone Star. They've played Highland Park twice. They mm-hmm. played Lancaster. They've gone against the Colony. And they're, you know, 50 billion Division One wide receivers that they have. And they hung on and beat them at the Colony. Who has Ryan played? The best team was Abilene Cooper? Colleyville Heritage? Mm-hmm. I mean, come on now. I... I don't get me wrong. Den Ryan still has some scary guys on offense. Yes, they, they, they actually they actually average 0.2 more points per game than Lone Star, which is scary to think. Mm-hmm. But 
Dude, Ben Ryan has a bunch of D1 studs on their offense as well. You know, Drew Sanders, Amani Bailey, who rushed for like a million yards against Clydeville Heritage. Um, still impressive nonetheless with 275 yards and yeah. four touchdowns. Um, so, I, what, Billy Bowman is another guy. Yes. You know, he gets kind of overshadowed with those guys, and he's a stud too. So, you know, I do I think this is going to be a, a slugfest? I don't know. Do I think there's going to be a defensive battle? Could be. I don't know. I, but I do think this is a one-score game for sure. Well, and, and I think you're right about, you know, um, those are being more proven based on the competition they played. But it's really not Ditton Ryan's fault. Yeah. Nobody, nobody wants to play him early on because they are a powerhouse and they have been for years. And they can't control who they play in the playoffs. Um, you know. Or the district that they're put in. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, all you can do is take care of business against the teams that you're put up against. And, you know, it's so hard to, to look at Ryan because, you know, their first half numbers – They've outscored opponents 559-43 in the first yeah. half. Three of those games are against Hilton and Farmers Branch. I, I understand that, but they've done the same thing in the playoffs. They've trailed for a total of one minute and 55 seconds this year. <laughs> huh? It was two fluke early, early yeah. scores in games, and they came right back and matched it and went on to blow out mm-hmm. their opponents. It's just so, you know, you look at their numbers, and it's hard to get a read. You were mentioned, you know, Drew Sanders. You know, the Alabama commit, Billy Bowman, you know, the Texas commit, Imani Bailey, you know, Seth Hennigan. A lot of these guys are putting up these numbers playing essentially a half. I know. That's <laughs> that's why I like it. Because when you look at it, the numbers aren't going to jump off the page at you. Like, they don't, uh, you know, they're not going to just litter the, uh, the stat sheets to the tune of a guy like Marvin Mims or whatever, or Garrett <laughs> Rangel. Just because, yeah, you have to apply the caveat that these guys aren't playing full games and whatnot. But things like with Imani Bailey, the number that jumps out off the page when you just talk about his dominance, 11.7 yards per carry. That is far and away the highest of any yeah. running back in the in the Metroplex, at least at the 5A level, among those uh, those top 25 backs. Um, I mean, and yeah, but it's you'll have games where he carries the ball like six times because he just that's all that's required of him, and they're already up 45 at the half. And, and that's what I'm curious to see yeah. because if you look on the season, he's averaging less than 10 carries a game, yes. and he did have a lot of those four and six carry games. Yeah. Um, but in the playoffs, those numbers have gone up. Yeah, uh, as you know, expect. And, and obviously, yeah. last week in the biggest game up to date, you know, he goes uh, 20. Mm-hmm carries for 275 and three so you know it's, you're going to see a lot more these guys you know are going to be they're going to have to play four quarters this week without a doubt yeah, exactly you said something interesting they've they've trailed for what a minute some change. What they still in two in, in two separate games, but for a total of one minute and fifty five seconds. This is a bad time. They've been behind, so it's going to be real interesting if Lone Star jumps on them early. If how they respond, Lone Star in almost every game this year has thrown a deep pass on the first very first drive mm-hmm. to Marvin Mims. They did it against Lancaster. They've done it. It's They've probably going to gonna happen again on Saturday, Ryan. They've done it to everyone. <laughs> what are they going to do when they're punched in the mouth early with a big Marvin Mims touchdown? Mm-hmm. They got to deal with Trace Bruckler too, who's mm-hmm. been a monster this yeah. postseason. You know, with Marvin. Mims getting double teamed every single game. Trace Buckler, 14 catches against Highland Park. You know, he had a big game. He had a touchdown against Lancaster as well. Only a junior. He's a stud, man. I I don't know. Denton Ryan, I, they haven't really faced adversity. And they're yeah. going to face adversity uh, Saturday afternoon. I don't know how they're going to respond to and it. And that's the big caveat with the schedule that they've played is that they have been in such dominant, resounding control of every game that they've played in that there really hasn't been that moment where you've, yeah. you know, you can see, okay, what is this team made of between the years? Like, this is this is something like covering Allen that I always look for. Like, I like games when Allen gets, you know, punched in the mouth a little bit by mm-hmm. a team that you might not necessarily see coming. And I don't look at it as a sign of weakness. I look at it as okay, like, we know that these teams have just, like, an overwhelming amount of talent 
talent, but that's just that's not going to get you a state championship on its own. You have to have that mental fortitude to be yeah. able to dig out of difficult spots when you get pushed because it's going to happen at some point, especially now that you're down to the final four in uh, you know in the postseason. And yeah, that's going to kind of be the uh, that's the big underlying question because I don't know if anybody on Ryan's side can truly answer that question because they just haven't really been faced with that yet. You know, we talked about their first half dominance, and I'm just I mean I yeah I've got the the first half numbers charted right here, and I think I'm counting what like seven shutouts mm-hmm. in the first half. <laughs> the only time that they've really been in a close game over those first two quarters was that Heritage matchup, and during the regular season it was 14 to six. Now because Ryan is Ryan, they won that game 35 to nine in the second half, and then they rematched them you know just a, you know just last week in the regional finals, and that game was you know what like 56 to 10 or something silly yeah. like that. It wasn't even a contest. Um, but yeah, like that's really the only time this season when they've had to like when things have been even mildly uncomfortable, and even then they never trailed in that game. They were always in control, so that's kind of the big underlying subplot: is what's going to happen to Ryan if you know if Lone Star does crack him early? Because I think back to I can think back to last year's Ryan team, and it was kind of the same the same vibe, you know, heading into that state semifinal against Highland Park. The defense had been rolling. I believe the number was they had allowed 12.9 points per game heading into the state semifinal last year. They had been just blowing out everybody, and then Highland Park just blitzes them and they just were they just couldn't recover and I don't know if that's more just if that's more Highland Park or if it was just Ryan not really knowing how to handle adversity whatever like you know easy sports you know sports writer cliche you want to go with but um, nevertheless though like they got smacked by Highland Park in their first true test of last season and they did not handle it well at all and it was you kind of I mean I've kind of had a tough time shaking that vibe even though I know it's not the same team and whatnot obviously they've had some turnover and whatnot and that team is you know there's still a lot of experience on that team and you would imagine maybe a year old or a year wiser and whatnot. Maybe they're a bit better suited to handle that, but I don't know. By that same accord, like they just like like what's the what's the jump from competition going to feel like for them on Saturday relative to what Lone Star has gone through these last couple weeks? Yeah. Highland Park going into overtime at AT and T Stadium, playing Lancaster, which had been one of the uh, the hottest defenses in the state, relative to uh, you know Ryan making the jump from Colleyville Heritage up to the number one team in the state. It just well, and I'll, I'll ask Brian when I'll mm-hmm. get, when when are these numbers going to fall at the set of over under? Because uh, didn't Ryan has not allowed a quarterback to throw for more? More than 191 yards in the game this season. <laughs> <laughs> They've only allowed three 100-yard rushers, but that's all in, in garbage time. Yeah. Uh, and the season high for yards allowed was 304. So yeah. how long is it? How long, how long is going to take for for a lone star to eclipse those numbers? By the end of the third quarter, Garrett Rangel will have over 300 <laughs> passing yards. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, I know. Like I know. I know. Those, those those numbers yeah. are not going to stand up. But it's just uh, you know just along the yeah. same lines of, of what Matt was talking about with Highland Park coming out there and you know. Punching a defense in the mouth that really hadn't been, that had that has had their way all season mm-hmm. long. It's the same way with with this year. And like I said, I, I thought you might even say in one half, yeah. just because yeah. you know it's the Lone Star is that capable and that dynamic. And you know Ryan just hasn't had to deal with that yeah. on, on either side of the ball. Because nevertheless, on paper the Ryan defensive numbers are absurd to be this yeah. deep in the season and to be. You know, allowing the averages that they do on that side of the ball, just 192.6 yards allowed per game. I believe there's only like two other defenses in the area that allowed under 200, and obviously none of them were well, still playing. To as Lone Star played, Arl Turner and Newman Smith. And For sure, but that's just yeah, but that's just two or three or 14 games that they played this season and whatnot. Um, but but then you have things like you know just 10.4 points per game allowed, you know 99.4 passing yards allowed, 93.3 rushing yards allowed, and this is again like even in you 
know, despite basically playing a half worth of garbage time every week, like their backups are still not giving okay. up any ground either. So there's clearly some depth to that defense as well. Obviously, we don't cover Lancaster and we don't cover Denton Ryan, but just you know, based off what we know and seeing the stats, you'd think Lancaster would have a better defense than Denton Ryan, would you not? Even despite Denton Ryan's, you know godly you know it's t- it's tough to say just because like the reason that we like I don't think we paid any mind to Lancaster's defense until we saw what they were doing against the colony and McKinney North and sure. first independence like oh my goodness this defense is absurd like mm-hmm. these are three of the best offenses in the area and they made them look silly um, with Ryan yeah that's again like it, it doesn't mean they're not capable of it they just haven't had the opportunity yeah. yet because you know it's unfortunate that the two Mesquite schools you know Protein West were, were down a little bit this year early in the season and then they played a Keller Fossil Ridge team that won one game so there wasn't really an opportunity in non-district for them to get truly tested. And yeah, with the nature of that district, you know, half your games are against the CFB ISD schools, and then, you know, with with Heritage and Birdville, like, those teams have gone on to at least have success in the playoffs. Now, I don't know if that's because of the region or whatnot, but I don't know if the, uh, it's, yeah, just the, the how Ryan answers adversity question is just, is, is, it is, the, the it is the top storyline yes. heading into this game because we know what Lone Star looks like when they get faced with upper echelon competition. That's what they've seen coming out of a region as difficult as Region 2. And, you know, just the uh, the ability for them to, to stare down Highland Park in AT&T Stadium, which has been a house of horrors for so many other teams when paired off with Scots, yeah. including Denton Ryan, yes. And they passed that test. And then they hung almost 40 on, you know, one of the best defenses in the state. So... Yeah, I mean, I know how Lone Star looks, you know, when pressed with upper echelon competition. I don't know how Ryan does, and if we want to kind of just kind of segue now into our uh, our picks for this game, that's kind of what uh what separates this one for me is just the I, it's a belief in the resume for uh, for Frisco Lone Star for sure. And I'm not gonna, I mean, I haven't picked against Lone Star all year. I'm not gonna start now, <laughs> um, you know, and I I kind of even started a little. Uh, little friendly Twitter war between the Texas high school football <laughs> media mafia yesterday is it, it was all fun and games I saw you know a couple people had picked against uh, or they picked Ryan I won't say they picked technically against Lone Star um, you know some some people that have followed didn't Ryan pretty closely so of course they you know they they know you know what Ryan is capable of and you know I, what am I going to surpri- be surprised if Ryan wins this game heck no this no. is the state semifinals no they've been um, four years in a row exactly. so that's <laughs> and are we going to talk about the fact that you know they've lost this same round granted to Highland Park yes. every time and to it's the, like to the boogeyman and <laughs> it, you can argue that you know this boogeyman this year is a different animal might be even better mm-hmm. I mean I don't know, it's hard to compare. I'm not trying to compare Lone Star and Holland Park from two, three years ago, but, you know, this Lone Star team is just as good, if not better, than those teams. So it's the, like, the well... Only time, the only time teams have made them sweat was, again, the Highland Park rematch, which, yes, that's Highland Park in the playoffs. Yeah. And just being able to conquer that for a program that hadn't lost a playoff game in as long as they have is an immense feat in its own right. And then when the Colony basically just threw the the absolute kitchen sink at, at them in that regular season game and whatnot. Um, I was just like, I'm not, I'm just looking over just the Ryan personnel. Like, is it fair to say this might be perhaps maybe the best receiving core that Lone Star's secondary will sure. have seen this season. Like mm-hmm. it's better than the Colony. Deep, deep, deeper, probably mm-hmm. in terms of playmakers. Yeah. I mean, they got three bona fide. And, but so does the Colony. colony to be the fair, yeah, it's probably yeah. I mean, it's yeah. probably not a whole lot of just, as far as talent for talent goes. Because like as far as we talk about, you know, Amani Bailey and just the job that he did last week against Heritage. I mean, uh, you know, Seth Hennigan, the quarterback, and then those receivers. You know, Billy Bowman. But we also mentioned you know Jatavian Sanders. Both mm-hmm. of those kids are committed to Texas. They're both you know three four star prospects. And then that's not even to mention Drew Sanders, who's one of the He's best. Like monster. if you just talk like just the best utility players in the state, maybe the country. I mean, Sanders has. 
it's crazy to think this kid started this high school career like in the in, vying for a quarterback battle at Lake Dallas once upon a time, <laughs> and now what is what has become since then? I mean, he's a threat to throw. He, I mean, when he lines up in the backfield, it could be a pass. I mean, they they run him, you know, on, on some direct snaps, and he's had rushing touchdowns. He's had uh, let's see, what was it? Um He's at 34 catches and whatnot this season. He has 20. He has 22 total touchdowns on just 67 touches. Well, did you see his passing numbers? What are they? Seven of eight for five touchdowns. Yeah. So I mean, so he draws the them on. It's like and, and, whenever yes, the ball is in this there, kid's he's hands, main defensive players too. Okay. Yeah. He plays two ways. I mean, he's literally in the field. Um, you know, nine, 80, mm-hmm. 85 percent of the time. So he's literally Will Harbor. Yeah. He's he's going to Alabama. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He's, what, 33 rushes, 326 yards, and 10 touchdowns, 34 catches, 717 yards, and 12 touchdowns. Now, on Lone top Star, of five passing touchdowns. Lone Star hasn't faced a guy like yeah. him. But, I mean, look what they did to Trey Bradford last you know, last week. A four-star mm-hmm. running back. You know, he had a big first half. He didn't do anything second half. Look what they've done to Chandler Morris, mm-hmm. you know, in two games. They, you know, they picked him off four times at Highlander Stadium earlier this year. They faced guys that are oh, yeah, really, right. really yeah. good. So this will be nothing new. Then Ryan may just have... A lot of those types yeah. of guys. Without a doubt. And the reason, I mean, I, I went with Ryan, albeit because I'm stubborn because I picked against Lone Star the last week. You got to stick with him. So is Kendrick. So, um, you were going to die on this hill. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, a couple of reasons. Number one, um, I just think their big playability. You know, we talked just talked mm-hmm. about Drew Sanders. Billy Bowman has four punt returns for touchdowns this year. I think, and, and Drew Sanders, we just mentioned, has the ability to make a big play on defense as well. I think that one of those guys is capable of making a game-changing play. And you mentioned the boogeyman of losing three straight years. I look at it the other way around. I look at it as a as a source of motivation. I think that's been their driving, their calling no all doubt. season long is to get back to this point and finish the job. And um, they have experience. I mean, a lot of these guys were part of that disappointment from a year, even two years back. And I think they kind of ride that experience. And it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to sure. be a great game. Um, but I, I think between the motivation of having been so close in the past and just the number of game breakers that they have, I mm-hmm. think they're going to be able to generate a couple big game-changing plays. So that's going to be the difference probably what's going to be a 3-4, 7-point game. One aspect of this that I'm curious to see um, how it shakes out is penalties, especially on Ryan's side of things because if you look through their, um, you know, just their season to this point, like, they can be baited into committing some uh, some flags. They can get flagged quite a bit. Um, of their 14 games this season, 10 times have they been flagged more than their opponents, and six times have they been flagged 10-plus times. In the playoffs, they're averaging nine penalties. So it's, It hasn't mattered yet. That's the thing, so. yeah, and that's the thing. Because they're just so overwhelming in every other capacity, and perhaps they haven't faced teams that can offer up enough resistance to make them pay for it. Or, or, it, it's, it hasn't, yeah, it hasn't. or it's third, fourth street guys in the, yeah. in the fourth quarter jumping off sides that wouldn't be on yeah. the field normally. So, But, I mean, that is a concern. I think turnovers is a concern, too, mm-hmm. because they're minus two in the playoffs. Wow. And, I mean, they, they were plus eight. Um, during the regular season, so it wasn't like they had an overwhelming edge there. But if you're minus in turnovers on Saturday, they're going to lose that game. Oh, yeah. You can, you, yeah. Against the Lone Star, you cannot lose yeah. the turnover battle. It's just those little things, like between the margins, and then, like, I look at the the defensive dominance, and like I think back to Devin when we, uh, you know, when we were doing the podcast previewing the McKinney North Mesquite Poteet game, and we were talking about, you know, the how much has North's defense improved? Because it looks like on paper the numbers at least suggest they have. But I posed the question of like, okay, but like. 
like, let's look at who they've played, because that's going to contribute to how a defense performs as well. Um, and I just look through, because you can say what we will about, the, about you know, who they've played and the circumstances around that, but it is what it is. And for all that defensive dominance, I just went through and just checked, okay, how many offenses like within the area's top 25 among 5A teams have they seen? And really, it's Birdville, number 11, Heritage, number 12, and they saw them twice. Then Poteet, number 21, and the caveat is Seth McGowan did not play in that game. Mm-hmm. Whereas Lone Star's defense, they've played Highland Park, number three, twice. <laughs> Frisco Independence, number four. Lancaster, number six. The Colony, number 13. You see where I'm going with this? Oh, Lakeland, yeah. number 15. And they've still maintained just 14.4 points per game allowed. And four, against four of those teams, they absolutely beat, beat them pretty good. So whereas you know both of these teams have elite defensive numbers on paper, I think there's a little bit more, I guess, weight to what to Lone Star is just given that they've maintained that despite facing a far higher caliber of offenses than Ryan has. So between that and just the fact that, like, if they yeah, – just something about the uh, – you know, you can say what we will about the big game experience, but, I mean, I would – I mean, Lone Star's got that in droves this season. Like, even though it is just back in week three, at Highland Park mm-hmm. is about as big a regular season game as it gets, and they pass that test in a way that nobody has since the 90s. <laughs> and then they do it again in the playoffs, you know, a stage where no one has been able to knock off the Scots, you know, in some time. And then they do it last week against, you know, Lancaster and whatnot. I mean, they've they've been in their share of big games as well. And they've, like, I keep waiting for Garrett Rangel to look like a sophomore, but it just isn't happening. Nope. And it might not at this point. So, yeah, I just, uh, again, between the... Uh, what that defense has shown this season against upper caliber offenses, and just again a belief in the resume and what they've accomplished to this point, I side with the uh, with the Rangers in this one. But yes, like you guys, I'm expecting it to be a very very good, very close game. Probably you know seven, eight, you know four to seven, eight, nine, ten points. It's not going to be anything that's a runaway on either side. Um, but yes, that's where the three of us are leaning as far as the picket line overall. Another uh, man, despite the uh, despite Lone Star's resume, these last few weeks have been some very contentious bouts on the picket line as uh, Brian, you, me, and Taylor Ragland side with Lone Star and then Devin, you and Kendrick Johnson going with uh, with Ryan to get it done. So yes, that is a, a, a huge one on, uh, on Saturday. Saturday at 2 o'clock at an Allen Eagle Stadium. Frisco Lone Star versus Denton Ryan. Brian, do you have uh, some unfortunate news to pass along to the Lone Star folks about your availability for Friday for Surprise. Saturday's game? I'm saving myself for next week <laughs> in the state championship Friday night. I won't be there Saturday, but my guy Devin will be there. He's 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 better than I am, so you're, y'all are in good hands. Ryan has a prior engagement that afternoon that will preclude him from being able to cover the game. It's a wedding. It's not like you know, like <laughs> yeah, it's not like I have some date or you yeah, know I'm just sleeping in, in or, or, or something. No, I, I, I'm going to a wedding. You just can't um, miss that Army Navy game. <laughs> Um, so yes, Devin Hassan will be in the house covering that one Saturday out at Allen. Um, follow him along on Twitter at Devin Hassan. Does about as good a live game coverage as you get from a reporter in the Metroplex. So yes, Lone Star Den Ryan, big one on Saturday in the state semifinals. We're going to shift gears and for the first time in a long time talk a little bit of hoops as, uh, as girls basketball district play begins uh, for the majority of our uh, of our districts this week, and we will get to that on the other side of this break after a quick word from the sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly pages of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And now, let's get back to the podcast. 
And we are back. Uh, we have previewed Frisco Lone Star and Dent Ryan, so we're going to shift gears and talk a little high school basketball for the first time probably since when, guys? March? It's been it's yeah. been a hot minute. So uh, yes, it is a we are about to get things going in earnest for our, uh, for several of our girls teams. District play begins on Friday. If not on Friday, then we have some to begin next week on Monday and Tuesday and whatnot. So um, as kind of a uh, kind of a crash course and catch you up on just some of the uh, the early season storylines within our coverage area on the girls end of the basketball court. Let's um yeah let's just chit chat about it, guys. And I think um, we can get to more kind of team and district specific storylines. But as far as one of the more uh, I guess over uh, over overwhelming storylines around the Metroplex, and that has been the number of just debilitating injuries to a number of really high-profile players. And Devin, you and I have, uh, you know, a couple of our schools have been just drastically impacted by this with season-ending ACL injuries of that matter to, uh, to Jayla Brooks over at Saxe and Jordan Merritt over at uh, Plano Senior. Um, I don't know if it's just a, uh, you know, in this day and age, it feels like these sports are 365 days a year, uh, chores and whatnot, so I don't know if it's just a, if it's an overuse you know, uh, injury or whatnot, but nevertheless, it has left um, you know a couple teams in Saxe and Plano that have been among the better ones in the in the state for the last few years in predicaments now where they're having to go to battle without um you know without their best player for that matter. So on Saxe's end, just kind of how is uh, not having Jayla Brooks kind of recalibrated the math for the Lady Mustangs? Well, and you mentioned the year round. My understanding was it was you know playing club in their la- very last club game before they shift gears mm-hmm. into high school ball, yeah. and it's just. It is one of those things that the more you're out there on the court, the more the you know it, chances go up that something freak can happen, and, and you know you, you come down wrong, you, you collide knees with somebody, any, any little thing can happen that can that can um, that can cause an injury. Uh, and with with Jayla over at Saxe, it's it's really tough because she's the point guard. Yeah, uh, cool. she's and yeah. she's run that offense for three years, and really even as a freshman contributed. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they already lost a couple of key players, but you know Jayla was the offensive player of the year in the district last year, um, and just you know she's Division One caliber player, and without her. They didn't have. They have a couple of good posts, but they didn't have anybody alongside that could bring the ball up and, and run the offense the way that Jayla has. Mm-hmm. So you've seen their scores kind of dip into low scoring here yeah. early on. Uh, Brianna Salazar has, has stepped into that role. I got to see her last week at the Caldwell Center, mm-hmm. and you know it's a work in progress. She she does a good job, does a mm-hmm. solid job, but again, it's just a change of pace from what Jayla was able to do yeah. and how in her understanding of that offense. So you know, Sexy is, is still off to a solid start, yeah. but they're a team that. Um, um, while they had a couple questions coming into the year, now they had they had that third question trying to replace now three starters. So it was a good sign last week when they won the championship at the Cobalt Center, mm-hmm. and uh, you know kind of kind of to build some momentum going into the start of Ten Six A on on, fr- on Friday. Are they still the team to beat? Do you feel though in Ten Six A even without Jayla? Uh, anytime you've won fifty five straight district games, okay. you're the team to beat until so, someone, so until someone yes. can knock you off. Uh, they've won. They, yes. they've won four straight uh, district championships undefeated, mm-hmm. so that shows that they've been able to reload. Yeah. I mean, last year they won by an average margin of forty one point five points per game. So it's not going to be that easy. Um, Lakeview played them tough. What is it going to drop to like thirty? <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, Lakeview played them tough okay. um, in, in the finals. It was forty six to forty three. Okay, it was really. It, yeah. I mean, Sexy was up eight to ten the entire second half. Mm-hmm. Lakeview didn't get make it a one score game until they hit kind of a garbage t- you know basket with mm-hmm. two seconds left. Um, but it just shows that Lakeview can be more competitive, and Lakeview does have some really good athletes mm-hmm. um, over there. You know, Rowlett's off to a tough start, but Rowlett kind of feels good about where they are. Wiley is kind of the other projected team out of those four, or joining those four, I should say. Uh, don't know too much about Wiley because they kind of 
steer clear of the integral and ISD programs early on, mm -hmm. um, but we'll know instantly on Friday because they host Saxe. So we have a really good indication uh, of where Wiley stands. But yeah, I mean, I, Saxe is still the team to beat. Uh, Chrislyn Rose, um, a freshman uh, that's, that's I hadn't had a chance to see till last weekend. Uh, I was really impressed with her. You know, Saxe's been able to pull these these you know, plug these freshmen in over the last, you know, several years, and she seems to be the latest one that's going to come in and make an immediate impact. <laughs> uh, you know, she can shoot from the outside, she can handle the ball. Okay. Um, you know, I, I mentioned Brianna Salazar has been kind of there, the main person running the, the offense, but Chris Rose, you know, is kind of good all-around skill set, and adding her to the mix, uh, you know, I just think that Saxe's got too much firepower. Am I going to say they're going to, you know, go undefeated again? No, but it wouldn't surprise me if they did because I, I, I still think that they're a step above everybody else. Mm. And then, um, you know, with uh, the way Plano was impacted by losing Mary, which that injury came in a, uh, a non-district game, a tournament game against John Paul, one where, um, you know, she was uh, making a move to the basket and tried to Eurostep around a, uh, around a defender, and she just planted the wrong way, and she heard a pop. Now, there was some controversy as to whether or not, like, she banged, you know, knees with the John Paul player and whatnot, but nevertheless, yes, it is sideline, you know, one of, I mean, or maybe the best player in our coverage area, period. And I was so excited to see her play this year you know mm -hmm. she was gonna be a mcdonald's all-american right she would have been oh she would have i'm on the uh on the short list of candidates for sure for yeah, sure you know with, a serious shot at it you know with the trio of 96a gone you know off playing you know division one college <laughs> basketball it was you know jordan's turn you know <laughs> to be that player to be that you know that stud and playmaker 96a the one that gets talked about and it sucks. I was looking forward to seeing her play against Prosper. And when you told me the news, I was, man, I was, I was kind of devastated, too. Because <laughs> this is a player that she's, you know, she's been, you know, tearing it up since she yeah. was a freshman and whatnot. She really came on um, as kind of their go-to score over the back half of her sophomore year and really helped kind of key that run to the state championship. And, um, and yeah, this year, I mean, it's, it just sucks when it happens as a senior, too, because this is like, you know, these players, like, that's kind of where this is all kind of building towards is that chance to have a really big senior year and kind of mold these teams in your image and with your leadership and and whatnot, and to not get that chance now, she's still going to be there on the bench, you know, cheering the team on and helping them out any way that she can. But obviously, it does it does suck because yes, this is one of the absolute best players to ever come through Plano ISD. Um, and as far as how it's impacted the Lady Wildcats, they've actually held out. They've actually gone on to play pretty well. I mean, there's, I, I, you know, that's the thing. Like when you lose a player of her caliber, it can be easy to expect like, okay, there's going to be some significant drop off, and de it definitely lowers their ceiling because there isn't a player on there right now. That you can just pencil in for like a twenty and ten just nightly because that's the thing. Like not only was she their go-to scorer and you know and their best uh, you know rebounder and whatnot, this was also the the nine six eight defensive player of the year last season and was our all area player of the defensive player of the year. They're fourteen and one. How many of those games did Jordan play in? That's a good question. I don't know exactly how many, but if I let's see, I got the schedule right in front of me. But they um, they haven't had her for the last. Uh, it's been about say four. But they've kept on winning. Yeah. I mean, and they held DeSoto close without Jordan, right? Yeah, it feels like, honestly, looking over the schedule now, like, honestly, I think maybe half their games have been without her. But that's the thing. Like, they beat Cedar Hill by 12 on, on the road. Cedar Hill is a, that's a, that's a quality award. Mm -hmm. That's a Cedar Hill team that's ranked number nine in the state yeah. right now. Um, and they, I mean, they, they played DeSoto in the finals of the Cowtown Classic last weekend. Number one ranked in the nation, DeSoto, and lost them by five. In which, I got to see DeSoto on Tuesday against Plano East, and... 
I don't know how Plano made that game, just a five-point game. I mean, DeSoto looks incredible. DeSoto's ranked number one in the nation now, yes. aren't they? By, according to Max wow. Perhaps, I mean, take that for what it's and worth. No, but it's, I mean, it's still. <laughs> they look at now that DeSoto's, DeSoto's incredible. But yes, I mean, that just shows you what this Plano team still has. But at the end of the day, like, again, like, it's not like this is a team that, like, the, uh, you know, their alpha and omega was Jordan Merritt. There's still players on the team that made, you know, that were part of that big run to the regional quarterfinals last season and played for the team that won state and whatnot, like Maggie Robbins, Michaela Eddins, and then one player, a transfer from Plano West that has kind of stepped up into a, you know, taking on a much more prominent score role. She gets acclimated to a, you know, to her new teammates as Amaya Brannon, who's a very, very skilled player, another Division One prospect. And then there's some younger players on that team that have really thrived as well. There's still plenty of talent on this Plano team, and even without merit, you know, Brian, we were doing our uh, our predictions for District 96A earlier in this week. Um, that'll be in Sunday's edition of the Plano Star Courier. And we, uh, you know, you, me, and Kendrick, we submit our ballots, and then we average them out to get our consensus rankings. Man, I still think Plano's going to win this district even without merit. And I mean, over Allen, over Allen, yes. Wow. And that's that doesn't come. He's got to know Allen. I mean, Allen went to the state semis last year, and yeah, I mean, yeah, they obviously you know, still have plenty back from that team in its own right. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, man. Just the way that Plano has managed to stay, uh, keep their head above water without merit. These uh, you know these first uh, you know few weeks of non district, and again, Desoto fifty six fifty one. That is. That is really, really tough to do, given the caliber of talent on that DeSoto team. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I still think Plano's going to be, I mean, they're 14-1 on the season, 15-1, I should say, after beating Skyline on Tuesday. They're, uh, yeah, they're still going to be pretty solid without her. Um, but then, yeah, you mentioned a team like Allen, which had its best season ever last year in going to the state semifinals, and they had one of the three McDonald's All-Americans in the in 96A. They graduated Nia Green and whatnot. And, yeah, I mean, to not have a player that could drop 30 in a given contest, yeah. is, it's going to be a... You know, a tough thing to replace, and they've also been a little bit uh, banged up elsewhere in the rotation, and that's led to some pretty uneven results early in the season. You know, but you look at all of their losses. I want to say that they've got you know six losses to teams that are state ranked, and there's like they gave Duncanville a good game early in the season, and same for uh, for Desoto and whatnot. There's still plenty of talent there. You know, Tyler Jackson was huge, as you know, in that in that run last season. Um, Zoe McCrary, she's had to miss some time, but she's you know one of the top front court players in the entire district. Um, and then they got—I mean, you talk about another uh, you know transfer within the district. But McKinney Boyd's uh, best player, Zoe Jackson, her mom has a job now in Allen, working with the school district. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Zoe. <laughs> and now uh, yeah, Zoe Jackson is a uh, you know is a uh, is you know tearing it up for uh, for Allen. So again, yeah, there's still plenty of talent there. And if they won the district, wouldn't shock me in the slightest. You picked them to win it, and so did Kendrick. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Allen's, it's just the, that's the thing. Like early on, and they, uh, I guess as of Tuesday, this maybe now changes a bit because they hadn't really had that, like, that real, like, marquee victory over, like, a real, like, top end team. And, um, and then they were able to have a, have a pretty, uh, pretty impressive performance against, against the Colony on Tuesday. They beat them by 16 and whatnot. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know, we'll see. I think it's going to be between Allen, Plano. I think Prosper's got a decent shot, even without Jordan Oliver. They've had some pretty encouraging results early in the season. I think a team that's kind of flying under the radar. Um, East or McKinney? McKinney, and then, I mean, yeah, there's, this Plano East team is, yeah. they've got they've got a little something. I saw, I mean, granted, yeah, they took a they took a, a hard loss to, to DeSoto, and this <coughs> was a game that got more and more lopsided as it went along, but, um, I mean, with East, they're, uh, it's such a unique dynamic on that roster because their starting lineup is, on, at least on Tuesday, was four sophomores and a freshman. I mean, it is just 
it is the kind of youth that you just don't normally see, you know, a coach, you know, willing to, to roll with, you know, early in the season. But, um, you know, they've got a new head coach in Jessica Linson who came over from Lancaster. And, but they've, I mean, despite that youth, and they've played an absolutely murderous non-district schedule, you know, they've saw DeSoto, they saw South Grand Prairie, Cedar Park, who's number two over in 5A, Austin Westlake. And they've, I mean, they've come out better than, you know, they're, I think they're 10 and 5 or so heading into district, which is, again, a pretty quality record. They've got a couple state rank wins on that resume. And you can definitely see the skill and the defensive energy that they play with. Um, that was especially apparent early on against DeSoto. I mean, that was a pretty competitive game for a half. It's just that DeSoto has so much size and their defense is just absolutely suffocating. That's maybe the best zone defense in the state. And eventually it just became too much for Plano East to handle. But I don't know. I mean, it's it's a lot of players that have, you know, that played last season. You know, Ada Anamekwe, Tiana Amos, um, and then some of their younger players. You know, Kayla Cooper's another one who saw plenty of time last year. And then some, uh, some new, newcomers like, you know, their freshmen, Yadara Udo and Taylor Hagan, two very, very skilled front court players. Um, I mean, yeah, this, I honestly wrestled back and forth on this East team potentially finishing as high as second in the district. I think that their upside is that, is that great. And we'll, um, yeah, we'll see. I think East has got a good shot of the playoff spot. Ditto for McKinney with Aaron Fry, and they've got a lot of continuity from last season despite falling short. Um, Brian, some thoughts on kind of what Prosper has shown this year, because um, I mean, yeah, it was easy to think. I mean, they've had Jordan Oliver all this time, and you could just I mean, that was the best player that we covered last year, I think. For sure. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, without that, though, I mean, you wonder I mean, just how big a step back are they going to take, but it seems like they've still played pretty well. They won't be making the regional final, but they'll be making the playoffs. They'll win a couple playoff mm-hmm. games. They, they have, they're more than capable. I mean, they still have you know, a big bulk of their starting lineup and, and contributing role players back. You know, Maddie Cleary was one of the best shooters, mm-hmm. you know, boy or girl. You know, she could light it up, you know, last year from the three-point line. You know, she's headed to University of North Texas, go Mean Green, um, and she's their leading scorer so far this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Chandler Browning is back. Peyton Mosley has been filling up the, the stat sheet. Um, Trey Rochelle, man, he's he's going to have those girls ready to play. He, he's, he's a good coach. He's, yeah. he's a great dude, one of the best coaches mm-hmm. um, in our coverage area. And they're, they're, they'll be fighting in the mix for, for playoff positioning mm-hmm. for sure. Devin, what is the read over in Mesquite ISD with how 11-6A is shaking out? Uh, real similar to last year. Uh, I mean, it's last year Horn and Rockwall shared a district title. Mm-hmm. That's the second year in a row that happened uh, with Tyler Lee and Longview riding out the playoff field. Uh, you look at the TABC preseason rankings, they actually have Horn finishing third. Uh, this is a Horn team that's won a share of the district title at least for the last seven, eight years. So a little surprising to see them dropping down to third. Again, we don't get much of a read on Tyler Lee and Longview mm-hmm. because they may, mainly stay out in East Texas. Um, they had a pretty for, solid team last year, if I recall. They, they were. They were, and so was Longview. But, again, I don't know if that, you know, Mesquite has been down, North Mesquite's been down, Rockwell Heat's been down the mm-hmm. last couple of years. I think all three of those are kind of ticking up a little okay. bit. Uh, Horn, to me, is still, uh, I, they're so versatile. And, you know, they, they did lose Nia Boyd, who's a two-time, you know, most valuable player. But Jasmine Shavers, uh, she's a 5'10 guard that, I mean, she when they played Saxon in the playoffs last year, she was hitting 25, 28. I mean, she was just she just felt it, and she mm-hmm. was just she scored 20, I think, in the first half, and most of it was from beyond the arc. But she can also penetrate. You know, they beat state-ranked Mansfield Summit on Tuesday. She scored 37 in that game. So she's back. Charlie Washington is a 6'1 um, guard forward hybrid. I mean, she can run the she can run the offense. She can post up. She can do a little bit of everything. Uh, Delana Choice uh, is another one. Uh, you know, they've got so many girls that can do so many different things, and they got pretty good depth. So, 
you know, I think Horn's going to be right there. Um, you know, Rockwell's proven that they, you know, these two teams have kind of gone back and forth. You know, Mesquite, they have a winning record overall. You know, they, they're still kind of getting that system under, under head coach Kelsey Baker, who was a former standout at Horn um, a few years ago. You know, but they, Lakeisha Babels is a girl who can score. Akaya Freeland um, has experience. She's a four-year girl. Uh, Janae Samuels gives them a, a presence in the post. You know, so Mesquite might be one of those kind of sleeper teams to come up and catch to kind of break that top four that's kind of had a stranglehold on the four playoff spots mm -hmm. here in the last few years. Um, Brian, Frisco ISD has been, I mean, how many? They're already uh, midway many, through districts. I mean, <laughs> it feels like it, man. What is, so yeah, I mean, this is a district that produced the state runner-up last year. They've produced some of the better teams at Class 5A in recent years between Liberty and Lone Star. Mm -hmm. Has the landscape changed much in the, uh, you know, yes. district? Yes, I there's five teams that can win this district five of the ten right now I mean obviously you know Liberty you know they graduate their best player Randy Thompson and a lot of their you know starting lineup four of their five starters from last year they graduated um, but Jazzy Owens Barnett she's like we expected she you know she was a freshman stud last year and now she's a sophomore and she's their best player mm -hmm. and she's been filling up the stat sheet night in night out she's their leading scorer um, and it's been you know some different players different names leading the way it's just like you know Ross Reedy just fills these players in and just has them ready to go um, and they should be in the mix for um, their 3-0 they should be in the mix for a district title. Lone Star, same deal. They graduated a lot of their starting lineup. They lost their head coach, who's now up in, in Gunner. Um, and Todd Muncie has come in there, and he's, he's done a great job. I saw them beat Centennial um, on Tuesday night. Centennial was undefeated and state-ranked. Um, looking at the rankings here, they had them heading into the week. They were the highest-ranked Frisco team in the state at, at number 12. Um, and Lone Star goes and beats them by 16. The same Lone Star team that graduated the district MVP in Adriana Quezada, you know, the same one that graduated Mia Deck and all those players, and their best player is also a sophomore, and Kyla Deck, Mia Deck's younger sister, who filled up the stat sheet for 16 points against Centennial. So, and also Lebanon Trail, I, I mean, I kind of look at these rankings. I know volleyball rankings kind of irk me. Basketball is a little more accurate. Um, it's different, different people making the rankings there, but, you know, Lebanon Trail was, is state ranked heading into the week at 25. And they may not even be a playoff team in this district. You know, they had a hot start, but, you know, they're one and two in district now. And you look at other teams like Memorial, who made the playoffs last year with really freshmen and sophomores as their best players. They didn't have seniors last year, and they made the playoffs. And, I, you know, heading in, I thought Memorial would be the best team on the boys' and girls' side, really, in this district. So, you know, there's a lot of contenders, you know, a lot of – lot of. oh, I haven't even mentioned Reedy. Reedy's 3-0, 11-3. They beat Memorial. Um, last week in, in, in uh, one of the first district games, 36-31, mm -hmm. and they do this cool deal on, on Twitter where after games they, they, they dance in the locker room. They're like, after wins, we dance. I, I think it's pretty funny. <laughs> and they're rolling right now, and I think yes. Reedy deserves some recognition. I saw, I haven't seen them play yet, but I saw a girl named Harley Harbor is uh, filling up the stat sheet <laughs> for them. Looks that like, sounds familiar. It does yeah. sound familiar. So I think athletes are in that family. Uh, it'd be a big coincidence. She's good at every aspect of playing basketball. She kicks like field goal. Football. She does everything. <laughs> she coaches too. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, so there's, you know, you look at Memorial, Liberty, Lone Star, Centennial, Reedy, Lebanon Trail. That's six teams right there fighting for four playoff spots. You know, four or five of those could easily win this district. Meanwhile, um, over in District 85A, this is a district that begins on Tuesday with the Colony and Lake Dallas and Little Elm and whatnot. And much like last year, it does feel like the Colony is kind of in the in the driver's seat for this one. It's just such a unique dynamic with the Colony because they bring back you know the two best players in the district. Do they do they have the best scoring duo in our coverage area? 
between Jules Spear and Tamia Jones? Yeah. yeah, it might, man. That's I mean, yeah, when you like have two players scoring that can, twenty points a night, each of them, two players that can pop off for 25, 30 each a given game. It's just the thing is, like, you look at some of their box scores and like it's just them. What's that the thing? Like, if one of them has an yeah. off night, like I don't know, it's it's been a bit tougher sledding if you have one of them that's held to like eleven points or twelve points or whatnot. So, and again, but this is when you're going up against you know some six A programs and whatnot. I don't know if it's how much of a, a problem it's going to be in District Eight Five A and whatnot. But yeah, you do have. Granted, they're playing Allen, Cedar Park, yeah, uh, yeah, Saxy, Prosper. Yeah, they're playing some some really good teams. Yeah, look at it. Yeah, yeah, they're still ranked top ten in in five A, yeah. I believe. But yeah, they've got. I mean, they have. That's the thing. Like most teams would kill to have one player that can go off yeah. twenty five a night, and they've got two, and they're both, you know, interchangeable in just how uh, how effortlessly they can score the ball. They're both committed to D one schools, obviously. Um, yeah, Jewel Spear, Tamia Jones. As as the colony go, as they go, the colony goes. But it still feels like it'll be enough to uh, to win District A five A. Elsewhere, though, I mean, Little Old Man has shown some uh, some pretty encouraging signs, Ooh, and they've got a nice yes. little. You can. Just having a nice little freshman. Yeah. Yeah, or Amachi Kimson. And Devin saw her play, scored 19 points in one half. Yeah. And then she kind of was, you know, held in check the second (coughs) half. But freshman, averaging over 20 points per game for this team, that's 9 and 5. They've already doubled their win total from last year. New head coach in Kristen Coffey, she was um, Kim Oliphant's. Uh, assistant last year, lead assistant. Now she's taken over, first head coaching job, um, and she's she's doing a great job. In Little Elm, they should make the playoffs. Yeah. I don't see why not. After you know an abysmal year last year, you know with, with you know growing pains, and you know really the last two years, you know s- single digit wins both years, and you know being at the bottom of the district. This isn't the same team. You know, there's there's multiple freshmen contributing, some sophomores that gained valuable you know experience last year. Mm-hmm. They're rolling, and they sh- they should make the playoffs in eighty five a. Same for uh, for Lake Dallas, you'd think. I mean, this is a team that brings back just about the entire rotation. Yeah, from last they're going to be tough. Yeah. They do have a new head coach in uh, Jordan Davis, who came over from Marcus to coach the, the Lady Falcons. Now they have taken a little bit of a hit health wise early on with you know one of their uh, one of their best players, Mackenzie Buss, who was the district newcomer of the year last year in eight five a. She has had to miss some time due to injury, but again, there's still a ton of experience elsewhere between Dorian Norris and JoJo Elliott and her sister Georgia Elliott, Allie Buchanan. I mean, there's um yeah, so you would expect that. Continuity to at least pay dividends to, and that Lake Dallas should at least be, uh, you know, at least be sitting pretty as far as being able to get one of those four spots. Now we thought this was a team that could potentially finish as high as second place last year. They ended up getting the three seed, and who knows? I mean, Denton Braswell looks to be much improved this season. Um, you know, you just mentioned Little on with their stud freshman, and sometimes, I mean, at that level, if you have a freshman that can hang yeah. twenty, and, you know, twenty plus a night, that's sometimes all you need, at the, especially at the five A level. Um, but yeah, outside of the like, I feel like the colony is like there's some certainty there, but outside of that, I mean, you could rank those next three teams in the district, you know, any different way. So um, let's see. We can close this out with a look then, I guess, at a 13-5A Devon and a look at um, how things are shaking for Poteet and West Mesquite. What have those two shown early on this season? Well, last year, uh, the order of finish was Poteet, North Forney, Lancaster, and then Forney got the fourth spot after a three-way tie. Mm. This year, uh, TABC is predicting Poteet, North Forney, Lancaster, Forney. So uh, <laughs> not much difference in. I really... You know, you were just talking about uh, what scoring duos could match up with the Colony. Well, if this was a year ago, I would have given you 
to Johnny Perry and Amaya Briggs from Poteet because they were both 20-point yeah. scorers. And, I mean, you're talking about the district MVP and the district offensive player of the year. However, both of those players are gone. And that was probably, when you factor in scoring and assists, that was probably 80% of their offense that they lost wow. in that, out of that backcourt. So to have them pick to be the district champions is a little surprising. I don't know. You know, everybody has question marks. They returned Jelia Johns, who's a four-year varsity player. She's a six-foot post, so she gives them a presence inside. And, and Daja Espinoza and, and Peyton Jones and Heaven Worthy have kind of stepped up their scoring this year. Um, but, you know, we're going to have to see. That's, that's a lot of production to make up, not to mention the leadership of those two girls who both, you know, who both had the ball in their hands a majority of the time. Um, you know, North Forney, Lanc- I got to see a little bit of Lancaster at the Cobo Invitational. They won the Constellation Championship. So um, they've got some nice pieces. Skylar Barnes is a player who, who went off on a couple games that I saw. Her. So uh, they're going to be right there in the mix. You know, Forney was really young last year, so I think they're kind of on the upswing. But I think the team to watch is West Mesquite. I mean, this is a team I got to see um, – on Tuesday, and you know this, they they did not make, uh, they didn't miss the playoffs from 2005 to 2016, and they won nine district championships during that run, and they and most of them were in dominating fashion, mm-hmm. and then they just kind of fell off. I mean, they went from 14 and 0 to 0 and 14 basically overnight. They just. I mean, they just, you know, one of those waves where they just didn't have the talent they were accustomed to. Um, but, you know, Lindsey Reed's been working with this group, and they made that, they were part of that three-way tie for fourth place last year. Mm-hmm. So they were making a jump there, and they've just been impressive. I mean, Shamaria Henry, uh, Nia, Bo- Nia Bolin uh, at, at the point um, have both been good. Uh, Jatalaya and Williams Gala and others have stepped up scoring-wise. They do have some inside punch with uh, Tiffany Iquamari, uh, Rabita Salami. So they have a good balance between inside and outside. And I think if they can build off what they were able to do last year, they're certainly a contender to, to get back to the playoffs for the first time since 2016. Whew. So, yes, that was a look at some of the uh, <laughs> early season storylines in our coverage area for girls basketball. And we'll, uh, we'll really be diving into our coverage. I guess, yeah, because now uh, Tuesday nights belong to belong to basketball volleyball season's done with for all of us except for you football's done with so uh, yeah man it'll be basketball for uh, for the next uh, next couple months my favorite time of the year always love basketball time so. soccer's officially started too not matches but soccer's officially playing <laughs> don't start with me Devin. I, I just want to basketball right I don't have time <laughs> so yes and that'll do it for this episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast I appreciate y'all for watching Devin Brand thank you guys for tagging along folks you enjoy the rest of your week and we will talk to y'all later Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.